Hey, this is the Nobody Likes Casey McLean podcast. Please check out my stand-up dates at thecaseymcclain.com. Also, follow me on all social media at thecaseymcclain. Check out stand-up clips and videos of mine at youtube.com slash McLean. This podcast is brought to you by Anchor. Anchor is where I host this podcast. It's where the file sits. It's also a great place if you want to start a podcast where you can record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. When you're hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast to all the listening platforms, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Whatever you're listening to this podcast on, you can get your podcast to that platform very easily. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hello and welcome back to the Nobody Likes Casey McLean podcast. Uh, second episode in a week. We'll try to make this the way the way that it goes. My buddy Gabriel, Gabriel Rutledge just quit his podcast. Um, if you're not familiar, it is... <laughs> It's a podcast that's had many names. He has the an affliction that I have, which is you start a podcast and then it changes and uh, it's not successful enough that you have to make an enormous explanation or brand change. And so he um, he had a podcast many years ago called like I think it was Rutledge Radio, and then he had uh, Happiness Isn't Funny, which is named after or shares a name with his his uh, tour diary. And then when the pandemic started, he changed the name of Happiness Isn't Funny to the Rutledges and reintroduced his wife, Christy. And then she stopped doing the podcast, so he changed the name to <laughs> the Rutledge because it was no longer plural. And now there's no podcast. He's switching to Substack. If you like Gabe... He's been on this podcast many times. I'm sure he'll be on again. I don't think he's he's protesting all of podcasting. So if you like Gabe, he started a Substack. So uh, I suppose it's probably at like GabrielRutledge.substack.com, but let's let's find that out. Um, I will be boy. I have had quite a week of trying to figure out what the fuck I'm gonna do in Montana. By the way, um, let's see, Gabriel Rutledge. Substack, can we get there, baby? Can we get there? Oh, now we're gonna get. Hopefully, this anchor link will get us to the Substack relatively easy. Come on, come on, Gabriel Rutledge at Substack.com. Awesome. I feel like I can't say Gabriel. Montana. This is the the schedule is like ever evolving, but it doesn't seem like it from your side. It's been uh uh. But literally, I did a podcast two days ago, and it has been a constant, um, a constant stressor when this these shows in Montana are going to be. So, in Montana, which is like the next big uh, set of road dates that I have, we will be Wednesday in what is this? What is this? This city called? boy this is this is this is thrilling let's move on to some other plugs while i figure this out actually the most important plug um coming up is this friday if you're listening to this 
It probably came out Thursday morning. If you're listening to it Thursday or Friday, uh, I will be at a brewery in, boy, this is like, I'm at a point with this where I almost should just restart this podcast because I, this is such a horrific intro. Just like me fumbling through plugs, fumbling through Gabe's plugs, Mount Olympus Brewing in Aberdeen, Washington. I will be there on Friday. It is a benefit show. I think comedy will start like somewhere between seven and eight o'clock. So show up before seven o'clock. It's a benefit show for a man named Richard Barrett who has stage four cancer. There's going to be a silent auction, a live auction, a bunch of prizes. Come on out because this is raising money for a good cause. We're doing the show, by the way. It's going to be a hell of a lineup. It's going to be three guys who are like my level of headliner or higher, me being one of those three. And we're performing for free. We're donating our time. Uh, So if that kind of thing matters to you, come on out. By the way, I, this is what it, it's the best kind of uh, benefit show because there's not like a ton of content restrictions. So we're going to be doing like our fucking acts and, um, and, uh, yeah, that'll be a good time. All right. Montana. Let's see if I can pull up Montana in any official way. Um, I'm going out there. My buddy, Alex Kaufman from bone dry comedy is the guy who's been absolutely the most helpful. And so let's see town on, uh, October 27th at 6 PM Montana time. I will be at Canyon Ferry Brewing in Townsend, Montana. Um, October 28th, 7 p.m. in Billings. I will be at Last Chance Cider. That starts at 6 p.m. Montana time. Or no, 8 p.m. Montana time, I believe. On Friday, 8 o'clock. It's between 7 and 8 o'clock. There's a start. Get there at 7 because there's a start time uh, question. And that'll be in Helena, Montana at the Rathskeller at the Montana Club, which is, I think, they're, like, downstairs. Come check that out. And then on Saturday, 7 p.m., I will be at Last Best Comedy, a new comedy club in Bozeman, Montana. So come on out and check that out. It's going to be very fun. I've never been to Montana before. Hopefully it doesn't snow. I hate driving and riding in the snow. Please come on out if you live out there. Or tell a friend, by the way, because I don't think they get a lot of great comedy out in Montana, so they have to settle for the likes of me. <laughs> okay. So the last episode of this podcast, I was watching NFL Red Zone, and I was um, I talked about the Dave Chappelle special. And I think that I had the news dropped of John Gruden's email controversy. I don't know. Yeah, I guess I guess it did because we knew going into the game that he had like you know, some of the players were saying stuff. At the time at the time what we knew was that uh Gruden had said some stuff about the NFLPA head DeMorris Smith and a couple they were like racially insensitive things via email. This is all the results. These are all leaked emails from uh, a probe into the Washington football team, how that, how that fact, why they have John Gruden's email. I don't even, I didn't actually, uh, dig that far into it. 
I read the email. I read the like offensive parts of the email that I saw. And so that's what we saw the first day. The second day we saw some stuff about Michael Sam. And if you if you don't remember Michael Sam, he was a guy that came out of the closet between like the end of his senior year or maybe right before like I think he played at Missouri right before their bowl game. And then uh he came out then and then the NFL draft happened. He got drafted much later than many people thought and basically John Gruden said that the NFL pressured then uh, St. Louis Rams. I think it was there was in St. Louis still. Then St. Louis Rams coach Jeff Fisher to draft Michael Sam, and he said some stuff. I'm not going to use the words because, I mean, I'm not against people. Like first off, the standard is different. I do believe that the standard is different for comedians than it is for NFL coaches. I think that. NFL coaches are representatives of a team, even in a way that players are not. Though, I don't think that the difference is as as large as, like, say, a normal management labor gap. Players in a lot of time, in a, in a lot of cases, make more money than their coaches, um, and players in a lot of cases have influence to change who the coach is. So John Gruden said these offensive things. He gets fired by, or we get, you know, I think pressured to resign is probably, uh, he resigned. That's the most generous way to describe it. It seems like there was quite a bit of pressure on him from, from the Raiders and from his, uh, from the league. And then uh pro football talk, reported that apparently the NFL was just going to keep le- uh, leaking emails until the Raiders were forced to fire him. And that's what, this is where I have a problem with this situation. And it's not anything, I don't give a shit about John Gruden at all. Uh, I don't even have feelings about how good or bad of a coach he is, to be honest with you. He won a Super Bowl in Tampa Bay. He's uh He's been, he's got a storied career, obviously. John Gruden is far, is almost certainly far from the only person who's got a compromising email, who's said a compromising thing, who's had a, an opinion that doesn't, doesn't live up to, live up to snuff right now. For example, uh, uh, Tony Dungy, the guy who preceded John Gruden in Tampa Bay said that he would not draft Michael Sam. Said that publicly. I don't was he coaching the the Colts then? I don't think so, but he said that he would not have drafted Michael Sam. Like if Tony is Tony Dungy a homophobe? Well, if he's not a homophobe or if if John Gruden's a homophobe, I think you could make a pretty strong argument that that Tony Dungy is a homophobe. Whatever. They're both homophobes. If one if one's a homophobe, the other's a homophobe. By the way, Coached, uh, coached con- consecutively in Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay is removing John, but and also John John Gruden put this in a um in a uh, what do you call it a private email. Now these emails are being leaked. They're part of an investigation. Again, I don't really. It's not like there's some like 
privacy statute that's being broken here. I don't give a shit about that. I'm going to explain what I what I care about, but let's see. Tony Dungy, Buccaneers, Ring of Honor. So, John Gruden, yeah, this is, this is the problem. John Gruden is uh is in the Ring of Honor or has been removed from the Ring of Honor because of these controversial uh things he said in a private email. Tony Dungy remains in the Ring of Honor. Uh he remains in the Ring of Honor despite publicly saying that he would not draft Michael Sam because he was gay. Um he gave a little bit he attempted to give a more eloquent uh explanation but that's ultimately the reason is because he'd be a distraction because he's gay and so yeah it's a it's a again i don't care about john gruden's job specifically but the the for him to be fired for this the nflpa is now pushing for every one of these these emails to be leaked to be made public and if your standard by the way, uh, I don't, you know, believe it or not, choose to believe it or not, my preference is to allow people to change. When they have an opinion that's regressive, allow them to change. And John Gruden came out in support speaking about Carl Nassib, his his player who came out as gay this offseason. The, the Raiders did not, by the way, if you look at like Carl Nassib's production and contract, He's a guy that was probably like a a roster bubble guy. And maybe it was for PR, maybe it wasn't, but the, the Raiders kept Carl Nassib. I don't think he was a guarantee for the roster, and they kept Carl Nassib. I think he's like a guy who is was on the bubble. Were it not for this, would have certainly been on the bubble. And if you think that John Gruden is this hateful monster, this guy that he could have justifiably released on contract size and production he did not again my i mean i'm pretty skeptical of anyone doing anything for altruistic reasons maybe maybe carl nassib is actually still good maybe the the raiders decided it would be more profitable less of a pr nightmare to keep him maybe it was i I, maybe even the cap situation uh didn't require him being released or the cap relief they got maybe is not very much. But they kept Carl Nassib. The NFL is trying to erase the NFL, the Bucks, past associates of John Gruden are trying to erase him from their history. They're trying, the people who have supported him, who have worked with him, many of them are like distancing, they're cowards distancing themselves from him. This idea that that the entire league didn't know that Mark Davis, who has known he was trying to get John Gruden to come to then Oakland for six years. He was spending time months with with Gruden's family, spending time with Gruden, trying to attract him to the job in Oakland that he never heard an off color comment from Gruden that that. In the early 2000s, when John Gruden coached Tampa Bay, he somehow got less woke between now and then. Like, you know how the most of the world has moved. 
like he coached the Bucks before gay marriage was legal. And in the time since then, as the country has you know become more progressive overall on on the re- equal rights of people of non-straight sexualities, um, in that time he became. Le- I mean, come on, it's it's this is a this is very obviously to me like a targeted hit. Now the NFLPA wants all the emails leaked, and to me, that is like going to be the Armageddon of football. We are going to see many coaches raptured to the to to anonymous heaven to have their their accomplishments redacted from the history of the NFL. If if we could see every coach's email or hear every private conversation these guys have, the amount of people you would have to fire to actually. To, to rid the to rid the league of this disease. By the way, I don't think it's again it's like I my defense of Gruden is not that I think that Gruden is particularly good. It's that Gruden is not the only one. And the NFL is treating this like you can remove the tumor and by the way, tough language as I'm days away from going to a cancer benefit, but as though you can remove the tumor. And if it has, as though this is like a, for me, the problem with this is football. This is a football problem, not a, not an NFL problem, not a John Gruden problem. It's a football problem as a, a more amplified reflection of a societal problem, which is homophobia and racism, of course, and then football is there's some like pre-selection for these kind of like hyper masculine, hyper competitive dudes. Um, football is its most popular in the conservative South. So there's many things that are kind of amplifying this. And this is my problem with it also is, yeah, fire John Gruden. Where do you stop? Do you stop at? Do you stop at like players who've said offensive things to opposing players on the field? Because funny enough, the Raiders actually employ a guy named Richie Incognito who famously bullied uh, Jonathan Martin, who was an offensive lineman from uh, came out of Stanford while they were both in Miami and said like some absolutely horrific things to him, some some patently racist things to him, along with, by the way, alongside their black teammates like what is it is it that you're yeah i guess that's the thing is like you're drawing an arbitrary line in in the sand to say that you're you're drawing a circle in the sand is what you're doing to say that john gruden crossed the line that has to be a circle because there are certainly guys worse than john gruden and there are also certainly guys who are comparable like not a couple guys hundreds of people that work in the NFL, if not thousands, have a history of saying offensive things. The locker room is an offensive place. The football field, the the nature of competition makes you say and feel things that are would be unhealthy in a boardroom. Um, I've seen zero of my coworkers walking around a locker room naked. 
I've seen zero of my coworkers attempt to continue playing with broken bones, with concussions, with whatever. Like I have a I have like a strained rib right now and I whine about it to my wife every fucking day. It's not the same. Football's not the same. It's is again, if is the question if the question is should John Gruden be fired? I don't think it is unreasonable to say, well, if he should be fired, which I'm not against completely, but if he should be fired, then dozens of coaching personnel probably also deserve to be fired. And if they deserve to be fired, why don't players who said offensive things get fired? Why doesn't, why don't players who get DUIs, who who beat literally beat their children to the point of broken arms that that beat their wives. I mean the the Urban Meyer was they wanted him to resign because he like acted inappropriately in public with a woman but it wasn't like she was not consenting. It was by the way if I'm his wife I'm pissed. But the NFL isn't his wife. So where do you draw the line? If is it of a player? Are we are we signing purity contracts at this point? Like, is this fucking BYU football? Guys say offensive shit in a locker room. Um, part of the thing is, and I'm not I'm not defending it on the grounds that like I think it's justifiable or good. I'm just telling you what like my experience. I spent many years, um, in a locker room. And and I spent many years in a locker room in the early parts of John Gruden's coaching career, by the way. And there was a lot of, from high school coaches. Now, none of that stuff was written into an email. And we should acknowledge that John Gruden might be the worst emailer in the, he, he's the worst emailer in the history of the world, maybe. But him and Hillary Clinton, um... And uh, maybe Michael Cohen are the worst emailers in the history of email. Michael Cohen had some bad emails, right? He uses email like a boomer. You don't, come on, the first thing you got to know is if you're going to say something sexist, racist, or misogynistic, don't use your work email, you fucking moron. Use your, uh, you know, get a Gmail, get a burner Gmail account if you're going to do that. <laughs> I mean, uh, John Gruden is, and this is the other thing that they, we do. Like, is this cancel culture? Well, first off, it's just this kind of like arbitrary picking John Gruden to be the face of this when there are almost certainly more offensive things out there to be the face of this. Uh, but is it cancel culture? Like, I guess the thing is, because the other thing people will do is they'll like John Gruden's never going to work in the NFL again, is my guess. I don't think he'll ever coach again. I don't think he'll ever broadcast again. Maybe he's going to go coach a college team. I think it's probably a little bit easier to get him in the doors in a in a Bible Belt college than it would be to get him back in a broadcast booth or back in a an NFL on an NFL sideline. Maybe he doesn't want to coach again. Maybe, maybe the, you know, early retirement maybe is 
more appealing to John Gruden. But one, he didn't make he didn't get to make a choice. That is a punishment. Now, will he be fine after that punishment? Like, fuck, I hope so. I don't want people's... When we punish somebody as a country, that doesn't mean... I don't want their lives ruined. I'd like a deterrent for them and a deterrent for other people. But what I'd like in the NFL, again, changed behavior is the best apology. Uh, there were some emails as recently as 2018, by the way. Is my understanding. I actually don't know which ones were from then or not. But let's let's say it was a an equal distribution of of emails were 2018 as as before that's not good um i don't i'm not really into the argument that like oh that was 10 years ago you could say that stuff back then because i was alive back then we were coming to grips with i mean i will say this like in the 90s and the early 2000s the f slur the the homophobic f slur we were throwing that shit around like crazy, myself included, like every one of us was. I mean, not everybody, I'm sure, but it was pretty commonplace. Was it acceptable? I mean, I I came to grips with it before it became like um, the thing. Is is that acceptable? But yeah, again, it's like the 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 NFL has a bad part of the thing is the NFL has a bad record on on race and uh, gender and many societal issues and sports are an imperfect place to judge. Anyway, the point is this shit by the NFL, in my opinion, it helps the Raiders because it gets them out from under the, this enormous contract with a guy who's seems like football has passed him by the Raiders record this year. Notwithstanding, it seems like football has passed John Gruden by. It also makes the gives the NFL one head on a stake to carry through the village, right? That's to me, that feels like the the self-interest. That feels like the self-serving bullshit. Is the NFL can go, well, we we took care of John Gruden. Yeah, we're not perfect. Of course we're not perfect. We're the NFL. We're a massive corporation that that uses these just I mean, we skirt every business law to allow our, our league to exist with essentially no competition. Of course, we're not perfect. But we did we did assassinate John Gruden's career. So you you could be happy about that. And that's like that's the problem I have with it, is it's the NFL didn't solve a problem here. The NFL has has unwritten rules. The NFL I mean, like, look John Gruden was one of 32. Was he even a coach when Michael Sam got? I don't even think he was even a coach when Michael Sam got drafted. 31 coaches waited six rounds to draft him. Not not John Gruden. <laughs> Come see me do comedy. I'll be in Lincoln City, Oregon, uh, November, November 11th and 12th. Tacoma Comedy Club, opening for Andy Woodhull. Uh, December, November 18th through 20th. Spokane, Washington, opening for J.P. Sears. November 26th through 28th, I believe. And then December 5th, I'm headlining the brunch show at Tacoma Comedy Club. Also, uh, if you're listening to this, on Sunday, October 17th, I will be at Flight Path. 
That's the name of the place in Burien or Des Moines or wherever. Flight Path, closing out the show. My buddy Greg Beachler is opening. Uh, thank you for listening to this podcast. <laughs> the Seahawks, I'm hoping, will sign, what's his name? Blake Bortles by the time this comes out. Because Geno Smith needs a backup. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Follow me at the Casey McLean wherever you get podcasts. And I will talk to you soon.